0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. Will you be okay here? If you hang with me and mine, you'll be accepted in no time. Of course, we do have to test your coolness factor. Willow! Nice dress! Oh, well, well, my mom picked it up. No wonder you're such a guy magnet. If you want to fit in here, the first rule is know your losers. Once you can identify them all by sight, they're a lot easier to avoid. And what's it like trying to get into the popular group? And what does that do to you? When I was a kid, I remember I had a neighbor a few doors down, and I, I admired her. She was so full of life. She was so wonderfully popular. And I don't think I was trying to get into a popular group because she was my neighbor. We were just kids in the, in the neighborhood playing. But one day I went into school, and none of the kids would talk to me. And I had no idea. My best friends, who would have we'd had, had, I had sleepovers. They just stopped talking to me, and for me, it was just shock. I didn't know what I had done, what went on, and when the story unrolled, it actually turned out that she had told them that I was one of the unpopular kids and if they connected with me, they couldn't connect with her, that it was either her or me. And, of course, I mean, I would rather go to her than me at that time, too. She was a lot of fun. So so my friends just stopped talking to uh, to me because they, they didn't know how to cope with that sort of pressure. You want your kids to be able to cope with that sort of pressure. In my case, my teacher actually kept all of us after school, all the girls after school. And curiously, she sent me out to clap the erasers. I don't think kids do that anymore. But she sent me with a bunch of erasers out to clap the erasers. And while I was doing that, she had to talk with the girls saying, you don't do this sort of things. And my friends came right back to me. However, I always felt really uncomfortable with that uh, with the girl who was in quotes the popular girl and um I, you know the damage done was done and I didn't evaluate her as a good friend anymore and um, that's good news so if you're dealing with that sort of a situation be good to yourself uh, if you are the bully think twice you damage relationships sometimes for life which happened in my case but you don't want to let a bully decide who you're going to be friends with it's not worth being friends with someone who's very charismatic if, if they set terms like that they should not control your mind I'm um, Dr. Ellie Kenner and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist and right before the break I was talking with Eric whose mom uh, is in her late 50s and she hoards that means she clutters the house with stuff and it's driving his dad nuts and it's driving him nuts the mother has things like markers and papers and boxes and bows but it's not just like I, I keep some Christmas wrap and reuse it again because it's so pretty it's not that it's that it's it, it, there, there's no room to walk in the house there's just the bed that's clear and the bathroom and the garage those are the dad's territories but the rest of the house is just a pigsty and she keeps the cups and things, so you don't know if there are animals in there. And what do you do in that situation? Well, I had recommended going to the website. Um, ocfoundation.org, and they have some wonderful tips on there. First, you decide together on what the goal of assistance is, so you, dad, and you and dad can talk about how do we want to help mom, and you can talk with mom too. You can explore her ambivalence, meaning a lot of times she's going to defend her right to keep all of her junk, all of her crap. Um, And it's not crap to her. They're treasures. And if if you try to say, no, you need to get rid of it, she's going to strengthen and embolden her position and fight you even more. But if you catch her saying, oh, I can't even get to my favorite chair, you'd say, hey, Mom. What about that? You want to work on just that piece, just getting to your favorite chair. You make a limited goal just to get the ball rolling, and you um, you work. You have empathy with her. This would be hard for you to do when you've hit the no, no more nice or the driving dad nuts uh, stage in this. But maybe your therapist would be better. Calling in a therapist to work with her who doesn't have that irritation or frustration pent up. Uh, But they say things like, you know, I can see this is really difficult for you. I know that you want to keep these things and you also want to get to your chair uh, you know, I understand you have a lot of mixed feelings. What are the mixed feelings for keeping the path here to the chair? You actually focus on the positive for, uh, values to her first. And she'd say, well, these are my things. You know, they're important to me. You say, well, what's the value of removing just a few of them? And she'd say, well, I could get to my chair then. And people, feel, the people who are the hoarders feel overwhelmed. So you need to break it down into bite-sized pieces and um and you can also do things like take them on non-acquisition trips. If she's always buying things, you can practice with her going on a trip where she doesn't buy anything, but there are things available to buy. Again, these are things a therapist would do, uh, but if there are some wonderful ideas on that website and that will help anybody who's listening who has a hoarder in the house or who has too much clutter and they think they're going the way of the hoarder. Uh, this is that a very interesting question that I received. Hello, Dr. Kenner. My father, he's in his late 50s, is extremely obsessed and dependent on pillows. He needs about 20 of them to sleep. He makes a U-shaped nest for himself and he climbs into bed at night. He says he cannot sleep any other way. Over the years, his pillow dependency has gotten weirder and uh, he has added onto his nightly ha- habits. He adds pillows, and he adds steps to be taken before climbing on. So you can picture this: this uh, man in his late fifties getting into bed at night, and it's just a nest of pillows—a U-shaped nest of pillows. He also has what I think is a god complex. He thinks he's superior to everyone. He speaks in a condescending manner to his employees, to his wife, and to us, his daughters. He says he's immune to all sickness. What would his problem be called? Well, he's obviously got obsessive-compulsive disorder, and uh, he may have a personality disorder too. You would need to call in a a psychologist, which I'm hoping that um, you will be able to get some assistance of a cognitive uh, therapist. Uh, Continue with this. Besides his need for pillows, he has other quirks. He has to adjust his ears Like if one gets touched, he has to then touch both of them at the same time. How do I show him that he has a problem? The pillow thing, I think, is also uh, a possible threat to his health health, since he refuses to get rid of or wash any pillow, and he has had half of them for over 25 years. I hope he's cleaning the pillowcases, at least. This is me speaking. So um, thank you for your time and help, Gina. Gina, it's got to be so frustrating for you or anybody else in the family, um, his wife, I'm assuming it's not your mom, it might be a second marriage. And the, the question is, what is driving this behavior? You know, why pillows? What What makes sense of it? Now, pillows is not like hoarding where you can't get anywhere in the house, but you do see a health hazard there, and it's irrational on the face of it. So you will need to use some of the the skills we talked about before, which is to look for an opportunity when your father gets frustrated with his pillows. Or uh, we'll we'll set aside the God complex because I won't have time for both. But um, when he gets really frustrated with the habit, when the pillows are not just right, say, Dad, you know, this seems tricky for you and then let him talk about the positives you know l- just listen to what he says about what he loves about having all those pillows in the uh on the bed and you can explore what any negatives are um, if they' if he will share them with you but I would try to get professional help if he is willing to usually people who have if he's got obsessive-compulsive disorder that means that you have these obsessions uh, these thoughts or images or impulses that are very disturbing to you and you have to do something right you have to do something just so so then you have to get the pillows just right or touch your ears just right and you have you set these rules for yourself so I'm not surprised he's setting rules for other people People around him—he's got this uh, god complex—and you have to set rules for yourself to kind of undo the problems. To um, you have you set up these rituals. Well, this is your dad's rituals with pillows, and there's a lot of help that you can get with OCD. And I would absolutely recommend a cognitive therapist. In fact, I'll be talking with one coming up fairly soon. Um, So you can stay tuned and listen to what what your dad might hear in a cognitive therapy session, even though she won't be talking about obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, but the the skills again are to work with your father. If you try to force his mind, he will fight back and argue his position even more strongly, and you will have 20, 20 more pillows added to his bed so this is his thing, and he 's got to fig he 's got to work with somebody. Um, if you there's also another therapy that's very good for this. It's called motivational interviewing, where you can ask him questions like, "What are the benefits of having the pillows here?" And do you see? Do you have any concerns about them? What worries? What might you have? What difficulties do they call in your life? It could be difficulties with uh, with your family, and prob- my kids don't understand me, but a therapist is better to work with that. And that's who we'll be talking with ver- next. Um, if you have anyone in your family who's seriously depressed, I will be talking with Dr. Judy Beck from the Beck Institute, and you will hear what a, a session would sound like. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Doctors Kenner and Locke. Although compromise has its place in relationships, some things will be non-negotiable because they are relationship breakers. If a partner insists you ride behind him on his motorcycle without a helmet and you're terrified of motorcycles, how could you compromise? Drive only half as many miles as he wants? If your partner wants her boorish, alcoholic brother who is dating a prostitute to move in for a few months, would you compromise by letting him stay only a few weeks? What on earth would you gain from such compromises except misery? Other non-negotiable issues include serious moral issues such as chronic lying, infidelity, or undependability. You could try persuading one another with principled arguments, but if you cannot find a resolution, you and your partner could be mismatched. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.